0: Chapter 19, The Cat That Never Died Miracles, whispered T. Hammond. Miracles happen to those who believe. I tried to speak, but there was only drool. Shh, whispered T. Hammond. You're doing fine. It's always rough coming out, and pretty soon those spasms will stop. I was relearning everything. Speech, vision, and even control of my fingers weren't the same. Moving ahead, I couldn't stop my skull from rattling against a wheelchair. My teeth got hold of my hair and began to chew through the strands, splitting them inside my mouth. T. Hammond lifted my head and put a towel between my teeth, but my jaw refused to ease. I was relearning everything like a toddler fresh out of the womb. The entire body had become unfamiliar to this world, and yet every muscle was firing at maximum capacity. "'I know you won't see it now, but I think those spirits are miracles,' said T. Hammond. "'Mine got me this job, and I'd be dead without it. How?' How could that thought come to be? He knew nothing, and neither did this body. My process of learning shifted back to observing. Yes, this is something I'm good at, but why won't my body stop? A new extractor wearing the same skin-tight black suit and copper mask came beside me with an electric razor. Shaving the sides of my head raw, the razor jumped across my skull as I shook, but he forgot to trim the top. He left a mess above my head as if to highlight the inner madness bursting out. This next part is quick, whispered T. Hammond. Again, I learned to twist my neck. There he was smiling next to me, wiping the jewel from my chin. T. Hammond was a very convincing man, for as bad as my situation appeared to be. The suffering took no toll on him. He was cheerful and patient, not like the others they called extractors. They call this the black mask, and it doesn't even hurt one bit, said T. Hammond. The black mask? It's just different, that's all, and I'd even say it makes things better, said T. Hammond. "'You know, I wore the black mask once, too. "'I even saw all six moons,' said T. Hammond. "'All six? What was he talking about?' "'He held my hand while they pressed my head back against the wall. "'I was stuck, captive in the wheelchair, "'when one extractor came to me and held the black mask up "'before pressing it over my face. "'There were no holes for my eyes or nose.' All I felt was the warm breath entering through the mouth hole when T. Hammond... used the mouth. Breathe through the mouth, said T. Hammond. Good. Now a big exhale. Yes, there was an opening for my mouth, and I could breathe. I was learning how to breathe air, in past my lips and into my lungs. Every breath was deep and heavy as I searched for more air. And even though I was trapped behind this darkness, I felt like a baby, waiting in the mother's womb. Oh, I was safe. Then I felt a metal tube inserted into my mouth when my eyelids clawed against the mask in a panic. Deep breath now, said T. Hammond. I was out of breath when someone sparked a lighter before I inhaled. What else was I to do? I'd already released my breath, and even a dying man fights for oxygen, too. They pulled the mask off, for I saw a smoke cloud pour out from my mouth. The body needs air, so what else could I do? It was silent and perfect while I sat there terrified as the smoke cloud grew. After everything was out, I took a new breath in, and then sparkling dots pierced my vision before I saw six moons flashing within. All my sight disappeared. No sense mattered. I remembered how six moons flickered, then burst and shattered. This was not a dream. It was far more intense, but I'd surrendered to the vision since it was beyond any sense. But if I had died, then why can I hear the voice in my head? If I'm thinking these thoughts, I'm certain I'm not dead. My eyes were closed, and all my senses were off, but the tunnel of energy grew, and that's when I saw a horse. Prancing with brown and yellow light, galloping with tremendous force. As troubling as she appeared to be, the horse began to sprint. But this force was no horse, she was the mother within. Yes, it was her. This was a womb all along. I was watching the goddess sing, and this energy was her song. Even though my eyes were blank, I was watching her dance, sitting at her lotus feet. I watched half alive in a trance. Not a word was spoken, but I felt all her love. And then she started to slip away, when she slipped away up above. But before she went, she let me peek at the end. But before I could visit her abundance, I watched her colors begin to bend. It went black before blue. Now a triangle appeared in the night. The black was sucking up my essence, as if she were taking back my light. It was pitch black and empty, only stillness in my mind. Then I opened my eyes when they handed me a contract to sign but where had I gone? She was with me back then, but after I inhaled the white vapor, well, where had I been? I'm not sure if I'll see you again, said T. Hammond, but whatever happens, you'll need to sign these papers. That smoke, where did I go? They call it DMT, said T. Hammond. I think it's a meeting with God, but the king is certain it's a mind eraser, said T. Hammond. "'I was trapped in this body, chained to the place I didn't belong. "'I closed my eyes to seek this mother, but the goddess was gone. "'I spent a day or so behind my eyelids until I became awake "'to see things had only gotten worse. "'They'd left me in a cell, four walls without windows, "'when a man with blue eyes was staring back at me. "'He was an extractor wearing a copper mask, "'and he was checking to see if I signed those papers.' He left me in that room, but not before tying my body to the chair. He chained me in front of a television screen, but there were no instructions when he turned it on. A video began playing, and terror flashed before my eyes, and the more I watched the screen, the more I began to cry. No, I won't tell you what I saw, because the screen was worse than the papers. And if they wanted me to sign that contract, then why'd they let those men rape her? These films were dreadful. Now I saw a donkey explode. They tied a man to a truck's bumper and took off speeding down the older road. Torture came into my sight, burning bad memories in my head. Everyone on this screen was dying, and pretty soon I'd be dead. I checked with my hands to make sure my head was on tight, but I was tied to the chair, and something in my mind wasn't right. Even my hair was missing, except the top was still long. And that's when I realized something awful had happened, and this was all terribly wrong. Someone in black came to check on me. I cried about the screen, but the extractor didn't say a word when I noticed his eyes were green. Now he began to beat me, and I don't know why. He never spoke a word, but I knew he wanted me to die it would always hurt the same maybe i was coming up from a dream but this morning i woke up and nothing was as it seemed someone locked me in a cell with pages scattered all about blood was everywhere and it was dripping from my mouth someone had beaten me this nightmare was too real my body was trembling because this pain might not heal my finger was broken it was bent past the knuckle and every time i tried to stand my knees started to buckle I was dying every moment, panicking each day, and they were killing people on that screen, and I was dying either way. This time an extractor came in with his hand on a gun. I fled to the corner, but there was nowhere to run. With my knees to my chest, he pointed it between my eyes. Was today the day, the very first time I die? He wanted my signature, but I wouldn't touch the pen's grip. I wasn't giving up because there was no way I'd quit. My family was around here somewhere. His mask was missing a smile by the mouth. He pointed his gun to the wall and fired a few rounds out. A bullet broke through the cell when a burst of sunlight flew through the crack. A brave ray of orange light was shining on my back. Curled in a ball, I looked to the light. If there was any hope left, then at least the sun was bright. Now there's something I have to tell you. I think there's something you ought to know. When I inhaled the white smoke, I met the essence of our soul. I'm talking about pure love and light, a place beyond the human eyes. And when I saw that sunlight poke through the wall, it gave me hope not to cry. I can't explain the feeling. I couldn't even tell you why. But the more they beat me, the more the orange light wouldn't die. When I woke up the next day, they escorted me down a hallway in cuffs and chains. After a few steps, my legs gave out, so they dragged me the rest of the way, while red drops of blood followed my heels. Seated in a new room, I collapsed in a chair while a man came to interrogate me. And wait! I recognized this place. It was the same white walls where many of the victims on the screen had died before. "'Cameras were mounted all around, and I could see how they captured the videos. "'The bloodstains had been wiped away, but the scent of death still lingered below my bare feet. "'He was a real man who entered the room. "'No copper mask and no black jumpsuit. "'He sat down in the chair across from me. "'He didn't hit me, not like the extractors, but his words sure had something to say. "'He mocked my mother, then he cursed my father too. "'And while I waited for the final moments in my life, a terrible sadness drove me blue. "'My family,' I cried. He took a gun out and set it on the table between us when he stood up. It's do or die, he whispered. Your choice. He turned his back and clicked a button while a red dot on the camera started recording. Oh, I'm so sorry, Otto. I didn't mean to mess up. And Manuka, would she ever understand? Levi and Jane, they're still inside too. Now the man's tone changed. He spoke softer than before. He was preaching peace as if he wanted to help me. He said we could get along. This man was pleading for an agreement when he said we were in this together. But he was a liar, lying right to my face. My arm twitched. Wait, my hands weren't chained. They hadn't locked me to the seat, and so I leapt on the table. My fingers latched onto his gun. Die! I pointed. He jumped back, but there was nowhere to go. The door was closed behind him, and this gun was ready to blow. Please don't do it, yelled the man. Please don't shoot me. I want to help. I'm here to help. I pulled the trigger, but nothing happened. I pulled it again. Nothing. The door opened, and many extractors entered on cue. The man clicked the button, and the red light on the camera stopped blinking. It only took a moment until they raised their batons to beat me before my vision went black. Now I know what you're thinking. If I wasn't dead, then I shouldn't be awake. But this time I woke up tied to a chair in an irreversible state. A bone had split through my leg. the mirror was poking on through because no skin stands a chance when the beatings break pieces inside of you. I was back in the cell, tied to a chair, but at first it helped because there was a fluffy kitten right there, blinking my eyes. She sat in my sight, but how had she gotten here, and what a pleasant little delight we waited for a bit, but it wasn't the kitten that had to cry. I was weeping when I saw the orange light changing into darkness, signaling the beginning of the night sky. The bullet hole stopped glowing. Both of us were doomed, and even this little kitten was afraid when the thunder first boomed. She ran to my chair, then she jumped on my lap, and we talked all night and I learned a lot about life as a cat. Psst, said a voice. Huh? Psst. You there? Someone was at my door. Psst. Can you hear me? Who's there? "'Are you okay in there?' whispered a voice under my door. "'I tried to turn my head, but my neck was on too tight. "'I'm a Mowgli, but something's not right. "'Who are you?' "'They call me Cicero. "'I've been a prisoner for... well, I don't know how long. "'I can't remember when I came in, but I made a run for it. "'Open my door, please!' "'I wish I could,' said Cicero, "'but my cell wasn't like yours. "'Mine had bars, not a door with a lock.' And once they stopped feeding me, I got so thin that I squeezed through. Staring into the television, I saw ropes tied around a dog's limbs before they stretched Don't say that, said Cicero's voice under the door. Death is not the end. It is where our journey begins. You know the secret, don't you? Secret? What secret? Flash of lightning burst before the thunder roared. No matter how dark it gets, the darkness can't swallow our light, said Cicero. Lightning flashed again, and I saw the bolt ricochet through the tiny hole in the wall. I waited for the words to register, but all I felt was the pain echoing through my limbs. There's no hope left, not when you're this close to the end. "'Wait and see,' said Cicero. "'That's how we win.' The kitten meowed. "'Is that the kitten with you?' said Cicero. "'You know her?' "'Of course.' "'Has she told you about the rumors?' "'Oh, she must have told you.' "'No, nothing. What rumors?' There's a hero who walks among us, half human and half divine. But before he can save us, he has to discover how light shines, said Cicero. W- where? The cat meowed when I heard footsteps echo through the walls. I have to go, but things will change, said Cicero. Wait and see, then you'll believe me. I heard him scamper away, and all I could think about was the 20A Psycho Pump. Somewhere I pictured its cloak, and those big antlers too. Because once I died, I knew the psychopomp would rescue me, too. When I woke up, the television was off, but a box was waiting in the center of the room. Secured and tied shut with rope, something was moving inside. A paw reached through the box. The softest meow broke the silence. It was the kitten trying to talk. Let the cat go, I said as loud as I could. It's just a a kitten. Bones scratched my insides with every breath, but no one came to help. I cursed and I screamed until my tears ran dry, because for the next three sunrises, even the little cat had nothing left to cry. When an extractor did arrive, he put a needle in my arm and forced liquid into my veins. Not even my own weeping could mute the things I feared most. I prayed I'd die before the kitten did, but after the last sunrise, the paws finally stopped trying. Logic would tell you that the kitten died that day, but life isn't about logic. The 28th psychopomp never came, and that's how I knew the kitten never passed. Another sunrise came before a smaller extractor with brown eyes came into my cell holding a stack of papers. The note hadn't changed when I read, Sign it. He didn't care for my silence, and so he turned the screen back on. And if there was ever a time for a plan, then this was it. I've been watching the very worst things, half crazy, half alive, but this was my best idea, so I had to give it a try. Do you feel strong beating a man who's tied up? What about a fair fight? The extractor pressed his helmet against my face when I felt the copper pennies against my head. In God We Trust was imprinted in front of my eyes. He untied my head and body from the seat. Fair fight. Not quite. I felt the ground, but none of it mattered because I had a plan. I checked the edge of my nail, and it was the sharpest one I had. Could it do the job? Well, I guess we'll see. He charged forward and I didn't even try to fight back. The extractor launched me across the room when I tumbled to the far corner. He waited for me to stand. Now was my chance. I didn't have much time, and so I dug the nail into my eye socket and ripped my left eye out. A white ball holding my brown iris rolled across the floor. Blood poured over my face, but before I could rip my other eye out, he caught on to what I was doing and tied my hands behind my back. Do you know what's worse than losing your sight? Losing half, because now you have to watch the damn screen again. They tied me to the table and wheeled me through the ugly teal corridor. They brought me into a new room and put me on an operating table. A lamp came on and the darkness vanished when I saw a light of a thousand suns overhead. I was losing it when a doctor wearing blue came to my side. Oh my, he paused. How could God command it? My tortures were silent while the doctor leaned over me to examine my missing eye. "'Did God command this?' he whispered to the extractors. The extractors nodded, and so the doctor began sewing my eye socket shut. Watching him through my right eye, I looked up and begged. "'Medicine, please,' he kept sewing. "'Plazopram!' he looked back to the other extractors, but not a single one moved. "'Give it!' bobbing back and forth through consciousness, the needle sailed through my eyelid. I knew I was gone, but then I realized that all these men would die too.' "'I can't do it. He won't survive the night,' said the doctor. "'Yes, now I understand, because I saw how it works. "'By a blade or a bullet, every death hurts. "'The man in blue hadn't even looped the last stitch "'when a wave of darkness pulsated through pain. "'I turned my head sideways so my bad eye socket could drain. "'Still in the darkness, I waited to leave this body when they left me alone. "'Then out of the corner of my eye, I saw a single extractor emerge from the darkness. "'His hand snuck onto the table and grabbed the scissors.' Concealing the sharp metal tool, he looked down into my good eye. Two orange irises were staring back. Please, I thought. Do it. He leaned forward, and his ID badge swung over me as he cut the last strand hanging from my eye. I looked up to read his badge. They'd given him the number 28, and it was printed beside the words of his name. General Extractor, T. Hammond. He was waiting for something, and I sensed he liked those scissors. Please, T. Hammond, end it. I thought and I wouldn't look away not if this was my finale on my very last day I would never command this not what they put you through I don't care if you sign those papers because I'll never forget you whispered T Hammond kill me Shh, whispered the air in T Hammond's voice I'm trying to get you out but you need to hold on a little longer T. Hammond rolled me out of the room where a new set of extractors took over. They wheeled me back to my cell while I stared back at my last friend. I couldn't fathom the thought of waking up. Not one more day, and so I closed my eye, hoping death would find its way. There's always a choice, and even with T. Hammond's plan I couldn't do it. I wouldn't sign anything. Whatever they wanted from me, I'd never give it to them. And I thought I was dead, but then the king entered my cell and waved the extractors to my side blocking the sunlight through the hole in the wall he put a set of razor blades in my left hand and squeezed my fingers tight blood was not dripping it was pouring and then a scream shook the halls when I heard the devil roaring the blades disappeared into my palm and it was worse than deep my body began to shudder before tears began to weep I couldn't let go but I wouldn't hang on everything is impossible when they're making you hold on T. I screamed help me, I begged My teeth started crackling, because the body wouldn't quit. I had to do something, and all I could do was grab hold of my very own grip. My fingers squeezed around the pen, and, T. Hammond, I screamed. They held the papers under the pen, then the ink drew a line. But I swear I'm telling you the truth, I swear to God I didn't sign. I never wrote my name, it was just a stupid line. The razor blades fell, blood rushing out, and all the men left the room static hummed from a speaker someone was listening from the other side while i lay in a pool of blood on the floor what do you want i begged i want you to tell the truth said the king's voice to the intercom tell me how selfish you are you'd do anything to save yourself wouldn't you said the king look at you you let a newborn animal die why would not you save it asked the king static hummed through my mind "'Oh, you're the most selfish person I ever met. "'I bet you'd hurt your own family to walk free, wouldn't you? "'Of course you'd do it. "'I bet you'd even torture them if you had to. "'That's how sick you are,' yelled the king. "'Say it! "'You made me do this to you,' yelled the king. "'The intercom stayed silent, but the static told me he was listening. "'Where's Jane?' "'She's with us,' laughed the king to the speaker. "'After you ran away, she needed someone to console her. "'She cried for you, many nights in fact, "'but now she sleeps beside my men.' "'Lies. She thinks you are dead. So how could I let you go?' asked the king. A new voice interrupted the speaker, sending chills down my spine. "'And what if I gave you a choice?' asked Evol. "'What if I told you you could change your circumstance entirely? How would you choose then?' "'I knew his voice because I remembered his golden mask.' Evol continued. "'And this choice is nothing unreasonable. It's—' "'Murderer!' I interrupted.' Oh, spare me the assumptions. Have you ever seen me kill anyone? said Ival. I saw the screen. And what crime did you see me commit? Murder? Rape? Abuse? Tell me, son. What am I guilty of? I never hurt a soul. Oh no, not me. I simply give the people a choice, and they make their decisions all on their own. See, I'm not against you. I am for the people, and I came here to make sure that everyone appreciates the life they've been given. "'Now let's think about this. "'You made choices in your life, "'and those choices brought you here. "'I think it's time you take responsibility for your actions. "'Now does that sound fair?' said Evil. "'He was using love against me, "'but I didn't need love's bullshit "'because the screen taught me to love hate. "'Everyone knows how pain hurts,' said Evil. "'and they say how death is so very bad. "'Yet I find it repulsive "'because we need both to appreciate the life that we have. "'If you want pleasure, then I bring the world its pain.' How else could flowers grow if they never saw the rain? It's written in our agreement, the soul contract on this earth. But the only way the soul can feel anything is if the body agrees to a birth. And if you want to be born, then death is on its way. I'm here to give you a choice, and I'll even let you die today, said Evol. I waited while footsteps came through the hallway before Evol entered the room beside me. The orange sunlight was fading through the hole in the wall. "'I'm going to untie you now, and then you'll get to choose what happens next,' said Evil. "'The orange light was turning black when darkness began swallowing my cell. "'I made my choice long ago, and I choose to embody the fear again and again. "'I have to. "'See, death makes life a real terror, and I enforce it the very best I can. "'It's because of me that you even have a choice,' said Evil. Yes, there's only one choice left, and it's quite simple, really. Die, or wait around and let death do it for you, said Ivole.